This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on in to the 65th, a.k.a. the Lane Johnson edition of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by the Go Birds Podcast, or the GB's Podcast, like we call it here on the Counterpoint Podcast. That was a lot of podcasts in a little intro. I will I will refrain from saying the word podcast for a little bit because that was a lot of podcasts in the first uh, 30 seconds of the show. I am Jack Fritz. Always follow me on Twitter at Jack Fritz WIP. The Counterpoint Podcast is back on its cocky bullshit because they, uh, you know, I'm still giddy. I'm still giddy over, over Sunday. I mean, it was... For as nervous and as anxious and all things considered, I'll tell you what, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nervous before the game. I wasn't nervous during the game. I was just, I was the Nikki Six of Eagles fans on Sunday. I was Nick Foles. I trust this team. I just trust this team. I don't care what anyone says. I trust this team. So, um, before we get into everything, uh, Jack's Rundown. We got a loaded, loaded, loaded Jacks rundown. Then it's time to talk to those idiot mush gods. I mean, like the mush gods have been taunting me for years, and it just feels good that they can't read me. Like these people, they the, the the mush gods are very stupid. Um, it's 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 honestly it's a bad look for them. It's a bad look for the mush gods, but. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep getting in their heads because they can't they can't they can't get a read on the Counterpoint podcast. So uh, we're gonna talk to the Mush Gods, and as always, we're going to go to the Counterpoint Mailbag, uh, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. But yes, Jack's rundown. So the Bears game. Um, now I'm gonna be completely honest. Trust tree. Mm, you got you got this. This might be a, a shocking revelation. And I know that the those of you that have listened to all 64 episodes and now 65 um, episodes of this podcast, this is gonna come as an absolute shocking reveal. I watched the Eagles game with other people on Sunday. So here's the backstory. Jill was out of town, 
and it was my it was my best man's birthday. I couldn't just I couldn't just sit at home by myself, especially when I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nervous at all. So yes, I watched the Eagles in public. I didn't watch them out in public. Actually, I watched it at um, a buddy of ours' house. So I was I was at a little Eagles party, which usually terrifies me. But the good part is is that I was surrounded by real Eagles fans. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been in the presence of fraud fans. They all knew how to act. No talking during the game. There was a little bit of uh, a little bit of too much talking on some kind of plays that may have not gone the Eagles' way. Overall. It was a good experience. I enjoyed it, but I really only enjoy it when the Eagles win. Because when the Eagles lose, obviously it's a miserable experience. So I can only handle being in public for Eagles games when they win. When they lose, inconsolable. I I don't want to be around anyone. So it was it was a it was a nerve wracking time for me, but um, we got the job done and it was awesome. So the Bears game wasn't nervous all day, even when Foles came out struggling. I was like, I, you know, I just, I just trust them. I just trust this team. I trust the Eagles. The Eagles are 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 very much back. Um, that was the most calm I've been during a game. All that stuff when they needed to go down the field to to take the lead, I had all the confidence in the world. When they needed to, like when they were running on the first two downs with Darren Sproles, I was I was visibly upset. But then I was like, ah. They got the best third or fourth down of quarterback in the playoffs. Like, I'll take our chances. Let's run the clock down. Make sure they don't get another playoff. Before the fourth down play, I was like, I don't know how it's going to get done, but it's going to get done. And that's like, that's exactly where I'm at with this Eagles team. It's like, hey, I don't know how they're going to do it. I just know they're going to do it. Like, that's that's where I'm at. Every single time I sit down to watch the Eagles right now, it's like, well, you know, things may be going bad, but they'll figure it out. And I got to be honest with you. Got to be honest with you. I always knew Cody Barr, he was missing that kick. That little fucking twerp was not making a kick to send my Eagles home. That little twerp was not making a kick to send my Eagles home. You can see in his face. When you watch, when you look at Cody Parkey's face, much like the Jack Fritz name test, you can tell when certain players are clutch and when certain players are not clutch. And Cody Parkey nailed the first one, and it was like, oh, it's, it's adorable, Codes. It's adorable. Wait till there's actual, like everyone in the stadium knew the Eagles are calling a timeout at, at that point. Let's see if you can make the real kick. Let's see if you can make the real kick. And no, he didn't make the real kick. And I just want to dispel one thing. One minute thing. And the official CounterPoint podcast stance the official counterpoint podcast stance is that Cody Parkey missed that kick. You can show me all the evidence of Trayvon Hester. God bless Trayvon Hester. I understand he did get a fingertip on that kick, but it is way more fun to say that Cody Parkey missed missed that kick. It is way more fun to say that. It is way more fun to, to shit on the entire city of Chicago by saying Cody Parkey missed that kick. Okay. Okay, so I don't want to hear this whole, well, actually, Trayvon, if you are a guy that drops the, well, actually, Trayvon Hester blocked it a little bit, go get shoved in a locker, because I don't want to talk to you for one bit, because in my humble opinion, and I am, some say, the most humble, no one touched that kick, he just double dunked it, he double dunked it, I don't care what anyone says, 
Trayvon Hester did not get a fingertip on that ball. The official counterpoint stance is that Cody Parkey missed the kick so that the counterpoint podcast can get back on Skocky bullshit. And we're back. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way. Glad we got that out of the way now. So, also, Matt Nagy's face. The Eagles have gotten the best reactions, the two best facial reactions to losses from opposing coaches I think I've ever seen. First, it was the McVay. And this little fucking weasel. Like, I, for as much as I don't want the Cowboys to win on Saturday, I would love to see that little fucking weasel lose. Because it is bullshit that if you just know Sean McVay, you're getting a head coaching job somewhere. What has this guy done? Like, what what has Zach Taylor, his quarterback coach, done to get a head coaching job? And what has he won? He hasn't won shit. So he makes Jared Goff a semi-decent quarterback. And listen, I think McVay's a good coach. But why are you looking for Sean McVay's? Like, they haven't, he hasn't won anything. He hasn't won anything. And that, that offense has looked brutally average since Cooper Cup has gone out. So save me this whole Sean McVay bullshit. Like, I, listen, if I'm being completely honest, and we're going into the trust tree, just you and me, I would love to play the Cowboys in the anti-championship game. And I don't want to hear the whole, well, it's hard to beat a team three times thing. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, I understand, theoretically, it's hard to beat, but it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. So I would love to play the Cowboys because I just think that it would really, really bring the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry like back, back. Because for most of my life, it's been Eagles-Giants. Like Eagles-Giants has been fucking cutthroat. And we've never, like, I've heard great stories about Eagles-Cowboys. Like 90s, uh, the 1980 championship game, obviously all the stuff with back in the day. Like I I want that so bad. I want to get the visceral hate. Like real nasty hatred of the Cowboys. Because honestly, the people in my life or in my lifespan, I would say from like 18 to 28, I would say, none of us really have experienced peak Eagles Cowboys game. Like and the NFC Championship game to 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 go to the Super Bowl to to stop the the Cowboys from going to the Super Bowl for the first time since what, like '95, when the boy was one years old or one year old. Give me that. Give me that. That'd be amazing. You know, Dak's not getting the job done anyway. Matt Nagy's face is the first face I see when I wake up in the morning. It's my computer background. It's first. It's the last thing I see before I go to bed. I could not get enough of it because I feel like Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy summed up every single every single Bears fan in that building. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? And you know what I think the most interesting part? The most interesting part about the Eagles right now, and the thing that makes this so fun, and the, the reason why you cannot doubt them going into the Saints game, is that my Eagles, the, the my Eagles, the team that I grew up, you know, obviously idolizing, loving, whatever, and like our Eagles and our father's Eagles and our grandfather's Eagles, they don't win that game. Like they don't win that game on Sunday. That kick is right down the middle. No doubt about it. Our father, like I just could imagine, I could imagine like all the old time Eagles fans being like, are you fucking kidding me? These young ass kids don't even know what they're going through. Cause it's like that, cause that kick in any other time span 
that kick any other time span is right down the middle, um, 45 yarder, no doubt about it. There's no no tense moment, no nothing. But this team's different. This team continues to be different. Um, last thing, last thing, um, before we move on to another part of Jack's rundown, move move from the the Bears game. Jason Peters, at age 36, just whipped it out and was just smacking it all over Khalil Mack's face. Khalil Mack, generational. Oh, the this generation's Lawrence Taylor couldn't get past a 36-year-old Jason Peters. Get the fuck out. Seriously? Jason Peters? Just shut down Khalil Mack for four quarters. They were like, oh, we don't want him to face Lane. Easy-ass matchup against Jason Peters. Psych? God. Have a day. Have a day, JP. JP with a monster. His first playoff win in his career, which makes me so happy for him, is awesome. Jason Peters, 36, stonewalls Khalil Mack for four quarters because they were afraid of Lane Johnson, which this podcast episode is conveniently named after. Ugh. Just absolute, absolute brilliance. But let's talk about Nikki Six. Nikki Six. Um, now, Mush Gods are not allowed to listen to this part of the podcast. Mush Gods, please turn this podcast off. Um, and also, people that still don't think Carson wants the future, you can also turn this podcast off. I don't care. Anyway, um, I just want to say. To Nick Foles and the Mush Gods, again, don't listen. This is not something that you're allowed to listen to. Your segment is coming up in a little bit. I have never trusted an athlete more in my entire life than Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles is the clutchest athlete I've ever seen. Like, he just, there's just something about him that no matter what the moment is, no matter what is going on in the game, like, none of it matters. Like, I just talked about our father's eagles, our grandfather's eagles. Like, no other eagles quarterback makes those throws on that fourth, on, in that fourth quarter drive. Like, no other, no other quarterback does that. Like, this guy is, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure he's alive. I'm not sure he has any blood flowing through his veins. Because he's just he's just absolute ice water. He's got absolute stones. I know everyone likes to talk about his hog. Guy's got stones, man. Like for his like the the hog does nothing. Like the hog's like a cute story. The guy's got bigger stone. Like if we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about Nick Falls' hog, I think we gotta also do some deep research into his stones. Because if his if his hog is as big as it is rumored to be. Then his 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 ball's got to be fucking just, just like absolute stones. I've never trusted an athlete more in my life. Like, listen, I ever like obviously I, I doubt Nick Foles. Whatever. Like, I like Carson Wentz more. Whatever. That doesn't mean that I don't have to completely trust Nick Foles with the rest of my life. Like, uh, is going like go, I've every single game like the Rams game, the first Rams game, the Rams game of this year. I was like, I don't know, they'll probably win because they got Nick. And like this, like this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at with Nick Foles. And it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy that this guy who does everything weird, doesn't look like your normal quarterback at all, 
Run like we've we've talked about this before. The, the Nick Foles is never good at basketball. There's no doubt in my mind that that is fake news. There's no way that Nick Foles is ever good at basketball. The guy runs like a duck. Like he is. There's no way that is bullshit. There's no way that Nick Foles is ever good at basketball. Anyone that tries to tell me that he had offered by Baylor is fake news, and they're lying. There's no way that is real. Um, he just he, everything he does is weird. From the playing the quarterback position, doesn't have the perfect mechanics. The ball floats. He's inexplicable. You cannot explain Nick Foles. But I've never trusted an athlete more in my entire life. And if his if his if his hog is as big as people say it is, then guess what? His stone's got to be a little bit bigger. And here's another thing with Nick Foles. Last thing on Nicky Six is that as someone that respects Mush Gods, oh that's not good. For someone that respects the Mush Gods. As much as I respect the Mush Gods, I got to be honest. I I respect Nick Foles' commitment to the to the reverse jinx or the RJ, like I call it, more than anyone. Because if you, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, this but um, ever since I want to say after the Rams game, or yeah, I think it was after the Rams game. Nick Foles has been saying, he's been saying, you know. I'm just happy I get to wear this uniform one last time. And every time he says that, I just start smiling. Because then I know the Eagles are going to win. Because he is just reverse jinxing himself into winning another Super Bowl. Like, he's just doing it again. Like, listen, I, I, I understand the faith angle. I understand all of that. I understand he's got a huge hog. But what no one is talking about is that this guy is a reverse jinx god. Like, he is a reverse jinx fucking superstar. This guy goes to the media twice a week and says, you know, I, I just I just hope I can wear the uniform one more time. Like, oh, there goes Nick Foles. Like, dopey old Nick Foles. Like, ah, just hope I can wear this jersey one more time. At that moment, it's like, well, I know what you're doing. So Nick Foles' respect, uh, uh, commitment to the RJ is almost unmatched. And I really, really respect it. So Nick, um, keep it up. I will keep mushing you to the mush gods. And... And we're going to ride this thing to another Super Bowl. I, I have no doubt in my mind. Now, let's talk about the Saints. So, I really, 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 really loathe the Saints. Um, from Drew Brees and that stupid fucking birthmark that he has on his face, like that you could easily get rid of with your millions, but you do it to try to show that you're some kind of like a good dude. Bullshit. I don't know. Just get rid of the birthmark. Like, it's easy to do. I Stop. Stop. It's it's not cute. Okay. You're like 40 now. Like 40 year olds should not have birthmarks. It's it's enough of that. Um uh, also, um, like this stupid, like the like Alvin Kamara, who is unbelievable. Like a great player. But man, is that dude a baby? Like, oh, we would have beat the shit out of the Eagles. Oh, they stole our ski masks. Like, dude, you're such a baby. Like, I, I honestly, I honestly believe. I don't think the Saints know how to win a big game. I don't think they would win a big win a big game. They're a regular season team. They're a bunch of softies. That is the softest fucking franchise. You have Sean Payton coming in yesterday with his with this or two days ago with 225k and a, a Lombardi Trophy. That, these guys know they have to win the game. 
Like, like, and armed security guards. Why are you bringing armed security guards into the fucking a uh, locker room? Like, do you like? What do you think the initial reaction was like? Do you think the the, the players were scared shitless? Because I would have been if armed guards walk in <laughs> with money. Like, is this going to be another fucking bounty ball? Like, what is that? The Saints are fucking soft, and the Eagles are so far in their heads. So they keep playing out this big game, like oh, forty-eight to seven. Not even a, like, how can you say you would be the shit out of a Super Bowl, a, a Super Bowl winning team? Like, what is that, Alvin Kamara? The stupid little like nose ring thing. I ah, him and Mark Ingram in their two post game press conferences are such fucking babies. I hate the Saints. I hate the Saints. Sean Payton. Sean Payton looks like a guy that would that would go to he's got a one of his eight uh, like he probably has what like eight year old kids he would go to like one game a year and he would berate his kid after the game if he like missed a goal like his poor little eight year old son just wants to go get like some ice cream after the game and his dad is like berating him like Sean Payton is is screams screams to me that kind of dad and everyone hates that kind of dad but that's what everyone sees out of Sean Payton uh, the guy's a baby the guy's a wimp um, the guy's won a big game in his life. Uh, like he won a Super Bowl with a prime Drew Brees and hasn't done shit since. So um, Sean Payton is gross. And honestly, I'm preemptively, I'm preemptively like as soon as I knew they were playing the Saints, I was like, I was like Sean uh, Taysom Hill is going to come back and bite them in the ass. I hate Taysom Hill. I hate the whole concept of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill it is stupid. Every time Sean Payton does it, I cackle because it never works. It is it is so fucking dumb what he does with Kaysom Hill, and it is going to bite them in the ass this weekend. Please, Sean Payton, I am begging you, pull out the Taysom Hill bullshit on the Eagles because it is not going to work. It is stupid. It is gimmicky. It does not work. It proves you're a fraud, and it gets the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. Good job. Like, nailed it. Good job revolutionizing football for the first six weeks of the season when it actually worked. Dumbass. Um. With that being said, the Saints are a good team. They're fine. No one's won a playoff game in there since since 1992, which is a little ridiculous, but it's bullshit. The Eagles just got embarrassed by them. They're a different team now. They're on a roll, and they're going to beat the Saints. They're going to beat the Saints. Uh, all right, and final thing, we got to do some banning. And and I I didn't want to do it. Well, no, I, I lied. Of course I wanted to do it. Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune is so fucking banned. He can't even, he can't even, he's not even allowed to listen to this podcast. That is like Phil Thompson has reached the ultimate ban where you can't even listen to the Counterpoint podcast, which sucks for Phil because it's probably the most educational and some say it's the most important. Like, like people have their X's and O's podcasts. It's like, that's adorable. Um, but uh, how about real X's and O's and let's start breaking down some Nick Foles RJ's. I mean, you wouldn't even know about the Nick Foles RJ if you didn't listen to the Counterpoint podcast. So um, Phil Thompson is that level of band, which only few men uh, have rendered themselves capable of being fully, fully not even allowed to listen to the podcast level of band. But Phil Thompson has has reached it, which is which is remarkable. Um, And for his stupid Chicago Tribune article about how. he was pissed off that the Eagles were Venmo Eagles fans were Venmoing Cody Parkey after the game um, and sending that sending him money for missing the kick. And it's just so fucking comical that he's, he said, and he ended his whole piece with, 
Well, they're Eagles fans. Of course they did, which is just like cool. Monchi mentioned snowballs and all that stupid shit. Um, but Phil Thompson, I, I just love that he's mad at Eagles fans for Venmoing Cody Parkey when Cody Parkey was getting death threats from Bears fans. So um, good article, Phil. Uh, congratulations on being banned. Uh, you're an embarrassment. And that article was moronic. And congrats on your career now being rendered useless. Stupid ass mush gods, man. Now, again, disclaimer, I don't mean this. If you're going to tweet me, LOL, your boy Nick Foles won again and trying to like sun me, I'm going to know that you're an absolute stone cold moron. So don't do that because you know what this segment is all about. So let's relax for five seconds. Now, let's get into it. I don't know why anyone is doubting Drew Brees in a big game. I mean, Drew Brees has won a Super Bowl. Like, that should pretty much take out any kind of worry about Drew Brees winning a playoff game. I mean, Drew Brees has never lost a home playoff game. Like, that's just a fact. Like, Drew Brees has never lost a home playoff game. And listen to this. Listen to this murderer's row. Like, like, these are the quarterbacks that you have to beat if you want to ever be considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Like, the, these quarterbacks that, that Drew Brees has dethroned at home in the playoffs are some of the best quarterbacks you'll ever see in your entire life. Like, the, if these are, this is, some would say this is murderer's row of quarterbacks. I mean, first, we all remember this game. January 13th of 2007, Eagle Saints. And Drew Brees took down, took down the titan that is Jeff Garcia at home. That's tough to do. It is tough to beat a 38-year-old Jeff Garcia at home. Not like This is what I'm talking about. Everyone's like, well, Drew Brees can't win the big one. It's like, did you see the game in, in 2007 against Jeff Garcia? That's the first legend. And, and Jeff Garcia, some say, is one of the 10 best San Francisco 49ers quarterbacks of all time. That guy won big games. And so does Drew Brees. And I have more examples here. Don't worry. In 2009, at home, Drew Brees beat, I want to say at that time, a 40-year-old Kurt Warner of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, another living legend who was 40 years old at that point and probably couldn't even throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. Drew Brees took down that guy. Another big game. Another big game Drew Brees performance. A week after that, a washed up Brett Favre on that old ass Minnesota Vikings team. Another big win. I mean, Drew Brees consistently, consistently takes down legends at home. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how anyone can doubt this guy. A washed up Brett Favre and a 40 year old Kurt Warner and a legend Jeff Garcia. So that's all in the 2010s. Like that's when that's when Drew Brees was I don't even want to say firing at all cylinders. Because then in 2012, he took down Matt Stafford at home. Oh my god. People are doubting this guy in a big game? He took down Stafford. I mean Stafford, some would say, has the strongest arm in the NFL. And he took down that guy. Big game Brees is what I call him. And then Last year, 
Last year, he took down Cam Newton at home. And Cam Newton played in a Super Bowl once. So whenever anyone brings up, hey, Drew Brees hasn't won a big game, point them to that list. Jeff Garcia, Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, and I guess better, Stafford and Cam Newton. And I would say, you can't win the big game if you say that Drew Brees can't win a big game. I have complete faith in Drew Brees in a big spot. Big spot Brees. I don't care that in his last five games, he's only averaging 205 yards and he's throwing seven touchdowns and four interceptions. Like, I just, none of that stuff matters. That was the end of the season. It was the end of the season. So, enough with the Drew Brees thing. Look at those quarterbacks he's beaten. Guy's clutch. Big game Brees. Whoo! Mmm! These mush gods just, they just don't, they don't know what's coming for him. All right. Nick Falls. Nick, Nick, Nick freaking Falls. Once again, back at it. But it's over. It's over. Nick Falls, who, listen, they went to the same high school. You're not, they're not even going to, that's probably the first time you've heard that. I'm sure no one has heard that before. But Nick Foles and Drew Brees went to the same high school. And one of those guys is clutch, and the other is Nick Foles. Nick Foles is going to backpedal so hard, he's going to end up in the, in the ocean, in the Big Easy. He's going to end up on whatever their boulevard is down there. Because he is... like. Everyone's like, oh my God, he was so amazing in that Bears game. Like, he just has it. Like, he's he's so clutch. Dude, bullshit. Nick Foles was horrible for the, thir- for the first three drives of that game. Or the first three quarters of that game. Nick Foles was legitimately terrible for the first three quarters of that game. And then, for some reason, I don't know how to explain it, in the fourth quarter, like, he just, he, he methodically moves him down the field and, and, and lucky ass, lucky asses him, himself to the, the NFC divisional round. Like, if Cody Parkey, if Cody Parkey makes that kick, then Nick Foles is gone. Like, the, the Nick Foles run is over. But of course, lucky ass Nick Foles, like, this, this stupid run is gonna keep going on. Well, it's not going to keep going on because it's going to end on Sunday. Like, this is over. There's no way that Nick Foles is going into New Orleans and beating the Saints. Like, it's just not going to happen. The Saints haven't lost at home in the playoffs since 1992. 1992. And so what? So what if it was against the Eagles? I don't even like the Eagles. All right? Like, I, I, this is, this is not going to be a Foles game. Everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, it's just going to be like the Super Bowl with him and Brady in a shootout. And it's like, well, first off, Breeze is clutcher than Brady. Um, Breeze wins every big game he's been in. And Breeze doesn't lose at home, especially against elite level quarterbacks. Like, I just let, I just, I just read the list to you. Like, Breeze always wins big games at home against good quarterbacks, against great quarterbacks. Um, and Nick Foles has never proved that. He beat Mitchell Trubisky last week. Like, I, who cares? Like, who cares the Eagles won that game? They beat Mitchell Trubisky. And like I said, I mean, you can, cl- as clear as day, as clear as day, you can see the, Mitch, the, the, the Nick Foles magic wearing off because he was horrible for the, th- for the first three quarters of that game. And in the fourth quarter, also mostly terrible until the, the last two minutes. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen this week because he's not going to have the chance to do that. And he's gonna, they're going to get blown out because Nick Foles cannot do this. 
and he cannot do it anymore. The magic pixie dust wears out on Sunday. Oh, boy, that felt good. That felt good. I could just sense it in the mush god's eyes that they could not read me. Let's get to the counterpoint mailbag. All right, let's do it. Counterpoint mailbag time. You can always email the counterpoint mailbag at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. Let's get right into it. I got a lot of stuff from this week. It was a lot of fun. So, first one here from Scott Schreiner. Check out the view from Korea. Still better than Chris Collinsworth. Yes, yeah, so Scott has been in Korea, and he's been watching the games there, and he watched the game on a Korean broadcast. And I always wonder when I'm watching, like, uh, 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 highlights of broadcasters broadcasting football in countries where football isn't really popular. Like, I wonder how much they actually know. Like, what do you know about football? But whatever. Um, question for you. Maddox was clearly the target of the Bears' offensive scheme today, and he played uh, he played well in the first half, but the second half wasn't as good, uh, and he let up some very costly plays. With double moves becoming a problem in yet another young corners game, when do we ask ourselves, is it coaching? We act like Corey Unlin is above criticism, but this is starting to turn into a thing. Yeah, I mean, my biggest problem with Corey Unlin is that he looks like uh, Jimmy Kemsky. So it's, I, don't, I don't think I can trust a... I don't think I can trust a... Um, a DB's coach that looks like Jimmy Kapsky. But that's just me. Anyway, um, is it coaching? Yeah, I mean, Corey Unlin hasn't really ever done anything that's been impressive to me. I feel like Jenkins is more of the coach back there, but um, I digress. And also, I am, if we're going on the trust tree for a second, I'm terrified of Drew Brees and Sean Payton watching Avante Max bite on double moves and then um, what they're planning to do to him. So hopefully he can stay strong. Stay strong, Avante. Um, from Joseph Meyer. Jack, I need to convince. I need to confess that I nearly screwed this up for everyone. I had a few errands to run before the game Sunday, and being that I live in Oklahoma, um, I rep my Eagles gear every chance I can. I get. However, I found that I cannot wear my Eagles jersey during the games this year because they have lost every time that I did. After listening to your last podcast, I found that I was in the wrong trying to press the match from last year by continuing the same rituals. Anyway, I made it home with ten minutes left to play in the first quarter, and I rushed to put the game on, not paying any attention to the fact that I was still wearing my jersey. After Big Dick Nick's first pick. I realized that I may have caused it. I quickly removed the jerseys. So what type of penance must I do uh, for committing this sin and nearly costing us to lose the game? Thanks, Jack. Love the podcast. You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, hey, listen, we, we all we all took risks. Um, maybe my, the only thing I would say, Joe, is that maybe get back not 10 minutes left to play in the first quarter and maybe get back before the game so you don't make the same mistake again because you can't let that happen again i mean these did you see that pick it's fucking gross well actually no that wasn't the the bad one was a later one the the first one was a bad throw but wendell smallwood it was it was just bad all around but it's just just get back before the game even starts i don't like you don't know no errand is that important anyway um from eric linus Hey, Jack, what's your over-under for number of times a broadcast mentions Foles and Breeze come, going to the same high school? Love the pod. Best, Eric. Yes. Yeah, so um, I actually just told you guys, just told you guys for the first time that they that, that Drew Breeze and Nick Foles went to the first or went to the high school together. So that was the first time you've heard it. Um, we'll see if Chris Collinsworth and Al Michael. Wait, no. Are they doing the game? No, we'll see if Kevin Burkhart and Charles Davis 
and Peter Schrager listen to the podcast um, because maybe then they'll mention it, but only if they listen to this podcast because this is the first podcast you've ever heard that on. So um, just to get that out of the way. From Josh Walk, I would like to start a petition to make you, Jack Fritz, Fritz, the official high priest of the Mush Gods. You clearly have a direct line to them and they listen to every word out of your mouth. You've done some quality work this season. I hope it continues. Who knows? Maybe you can even start a Mush Gods podcast. I think people would be confused by a Mush Gods podcast. Like, I don't know what they would... I don't know what they would believe. So the Mush Gods podcast would be a hard one to pull off, but we will see. Um, also, uh, I also would like your opinion on who the Eagles starting CB should be next year. Do we try to retain Darby for cheap? Is Mill's spot in danger because of the great play of Maddox, Douglas, and LeBlanc? One last thing. If we make it to the NFC Championship game, knock on wood, would you rather play the Rams in LA where we have done, where you, where we have, would have home field advantage or have a shot at knocking the fucking Cowboys off in their home stadium as revenge for regular season? We'd love to hear your thoughts. So again, I think it'd be really cool to play the to, to play the Cowboys. I just think that'd be cool. Obviously, the Rams game would be. I think the Rams would be easier to beat than the Cowboys. As crazy as that sounds, so um, we'll see. I think I think playing the, the the Cowboys would be a lot of fun. As for the cornerbacks, I don't want to give up on on Sidney Jones, but man, is he looking a little soft? I I don't know. Like maybe LeBlanc in the in the slot. I kind of like Maddox back at safety. I don't love him as a as an outside corner. I still don't trust Douglas. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting because I I think I think they want to start transitioning Mills to to safety to hopefully take over for Malcolm when when he leaves, which I hope he never leaves. But um, I don't know. It's it's a tough question to ask right now. From Phil Newton, so I held out on my GF, and you were right. Thank you. Uh, they had to resist the urge, but I'm in the trust tree right now, so I'll call it. The Eagles are going back to the ball with the Chargers. Might be a hot take, but I know if you're in the trust tree with me, you'll also believe. Not going to lie, Big Dick Nick is making up for my love in the bed, but he makes up... Wait. Big Nick, Big Dick Nick is making up for my love in the bed, but he makes up for it with in my heart. Hope that sounds real wrong. Keep up the hot content. Love you, Jackie. Um, okay, he he did clarify on love in the bed. Also makes up for the love he makes to the ball. Gnarly nuts, Nick. Now, are we gonna call that? Are we gonna call him gnarly nuts, Nick? I just I just think he has big stones. You know, we'll we'll get to it though. Um, from Juan Romero. Hey, Jack. Besides besides enjoying the ride with our Eagles, as you know, we have to continue make to, to make a living. I would like to ask you to use your proven powers with the mush gods so you can help me win the competition for a systems manager position at my job. The other, the other guy's name is Delbert, which would make the worst football name, not to mention nobody respects anyone with that cartoon name. So I request the use of your talents to talk good about Delbert and trash my expertise to fool the mush gods and get the job. All right, Juan, we're, we're going to try to do this. Whew. All right. I'm just going to be completely honest here. Um, if I had to trust one person to get the job done, it would be with a guy with the name Delbert. Like when I think of alpha males, alpha and Delbert go hand in hand. And if I'm looking for a guy to absolutely get the job done, I'm trusting a Delbert. Yes, he looks like an Albert. But guess what? His fucking name's Delbert, and he is strong, okay? And he has all the expertise in this job, in the systems manager position. And he deserves that, that, that raise because of his name. Like, as you well know, Mush Gods, I can, I can smell, I can just sniff a good name. 
And when I see the name Delbert, I think Alpha. Juan Romero? Get out. That, he shouldn't even be considered for the position, in my opinion. Because when you have a chance to take a shot on a guy with the name Delbert, you have to take that shot. You can find a Juan Romero everywhere. But Delberts, they are special. Dude, that's pretty good. From Tom G. Hey, Jack, why does all of Philadelphia want to trade Wentz? The guy was an MVP candidate last year before the injury. Now everyone wants him gone. What gives? Sign the concerned Birds fans from afar. Hey, man, I'm with you. You know, I, I feel like people, um, like Nick, like Carson this year in what was a down year put up pretty ridiculous numbers. And obviously his play wasn't as good as it was during his MVP season. But just the fact that he was banged up and still played pretty well. Like imagine when he gets healthy. So everyone just calm down. Everyone calm down. From Ryan Jones, Dear Jack, after a long and tenuous Eagle season, I finally figured it out. I found that in each of the last six games, my butt has been in, rec- in my recliner and the Eagles have won, with the exception of the Cowboys game and every last call was bullshit within it. Um, this week for the divisional round game against the Saints, my buddies want to get together to watch the game. My question, would the trust tree permit me to entertain the crew um, to cheer on the birds or must I remain alone with my ass in the recliner? I don't want to mess this up. P.S. Last week, they came over to the Chicago, and while my ass was still in the recliner, we all know how close that game was. So I feel like the Mush Gods are warning me. I think it's fine to have them over. It's perfectly fine to be in a crew, but your ass better be in that recliner. That is all I'm saying, Ryan. Do not mess this up. From Stephen Kotzpoulos, Stephen, you didn't spell it out for me this time, so I, I probably messed it up. Hey, Jack, uh, throughout most of the season, Mike Rowe deservedly caught a lot of slack for the inefficiency in the offense over the last few weeks. We've been looking better. My question for you is, do you think the Eagles keep Rowe as our OC, or do they move on from him this offseason, regardless of how the rest of the playoffs go? Also, if you have an OC in mind to replace him with, who would you be looking at? Um, I think Rowe probably saved his job, even though he didn't really do anything. I still think it's all Doug, and I don't know what... I would still like to see an experienced offensive coordinator in here, but maybe this year was experienced for Grow. I'd, I'd I still don't love him, so whatever. From Luis Morales, would it be possible, in addition to pleading with the Mush Gods, to find a voodoo man down in New Orleans um, and use the voodoo gods as well? Can't can't be too conservative. Time to go all out. Um, I don't have a voodoo doll, so I, I, I can't do that. But if anyone has a voodoo doll, do it for the trust tree. From Juan Gomez, Dougie P won a golf bet against Sean Payton to decide uniforms for the regular season matchup. It's safe to say that Sean was a bit salty about that, and that's why he ran up the score. Would you like Dougie to run up the score on him this time around? Also, what uniform? If they are in the position to run up the score, fucking run up the score. Just do it all day long, baby. And they need to wear white. They need to wear white. All right. Um, and last one here that I liked from where is it? That was a good one. Sean Ward. Hey Jack. So at the end of the bears game in desperation to win, I did the stupid Pepsi ice the kicker thing on the second kick and it worked first. You're welcome. Second. So I have to have a stock of Pepsi to ice the kicker now. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Go pick up some Pepsi. It's like a dollar and help us win a ball game. Sean, I don't even know why you, I don't even know why you put that in the counterpoint mailbag. You knew the answer. You knew the answer. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at JackFritzWIP. Trust Tree. Mm, I can't wait. I want to stomp on this team all day long. That's going to do it. Talk to you next week. 